On this Pete and Kimber podcast, we'll scratch up some of the best bits of the show. Scratch up your share of $9 million with Monopoly Scratch and Win. It's back at your nearest Lottery West retailer. Play responsibly. 1-800-858-858. This is the Pete and Kimber podcast. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome. Thanks for joining us. If you would also like to join us on Pete and Kimber's Mix fan page on Facebook, we'd love to see you there. Lots of people just jump in. Tell us their thoughts. You know what? You get answers. Can I just say, you get answers to the questions that you're thinking, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's a lot of people that I've noticed lately who have come in, for example, and gone, hey, whatever happened with our matchler? Mm-hmm. We know he chose Rachel, but have they had their date since then? It's been a week. Come on, guys. And we come in and we respond to you. and we're Like, we're a part of the group. We go, hey, yeah, we're going to check in with them tomorrow, for example. It's just a great group of people, really. But you can join us on there. Um, I want to tell you about this story, Pete, that I read that made me throw up in my mouth a bit. Okay. I'm ready to go. Where's my bag? A Delta flight. You need an airplane bag. Um, mm, okay. You know, it's so funny how many of these stories start with, this happened on a Delta flight. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Delta is sort of known as being that type of airline. My biggest concern, well, not my biggest concern, but a concern I do have when I'm flying is... The people who take on carry-on luggage mm. that is enormous and it's a suitcase that if it were to fall from the overhead compartment while you're in a flight, it's probably going to kill you, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And this person, the, all these people were on a flight, on a Delta flight, and an hour into the flight, they were forced to turn around. The plane had to go back because... Maggots started oh. falling from the ceiling. Yeah, maggots as were falling as, out mm. of the overhead compartments. As soon as you say the word maggots, I, just you just get a feeling that is conjured up with the word maggots, isn't it? And it's the only word in the dictionary that makes me feel this way. Maggots. You know what is really surprising about this is that you're thinking, where do maggots come from? Why are they falling out of the overhead locker? They're falling out because a passenger suitcase containing rotting fish was in the overhead bin and the maggots fell out and started wriggling around on people. That's so gross. That is absolutely gross. When they landed, the Yuck. passengers had to get off the aircraft and the suitcase containing the fish was put in a bag to be destroyed and the plane had to be deeply cleaned. And people were taking to social media to go, I was one of the people who got to hang out on the maggot plane. And I don't understand how... I feel like they x-ray everything. Like I've mm. had them take me back through and go, you have to be x-rayed again because we can see a hairbrush in your suitcase, mm. right? Or I'm getting patted down in the middle of San Fran Airport because I'm wearing, God forbid, an underwire bra. Like they're so really like into their security. Mm. How does someone get a rotting fish with live maggots into carry-on into the overhead compartment? If we're really thinking about this, it probably because like, you've seen the x-ray scanner. Hmm. I don't know. Like, how many things can you buy when you're overseas that are like trinkets or something like that that might just look like a fishbone skeleton? You know with, what I mean? Like, with live maggots. Yeah. Well, okay. What kind of? Up. Tell me what kind of compensation you would want if you had live maggots on your lap in a flight. If I and it smells like dead fish. Well, the thing is, the stupid thing is, I I don't know if I could honestly say to the airline, "You you owe me compensation," because it's it's not. 
It's not the airline's fault. They let someone on with rotting fish and maggots. Yeah, I know. But there's so many people that that bag has to pass through before it ends up on the plane. Well, you'll be happy. You'll find this generous. What? The travellers were given 8,000 air miles with Delta. Good luck for your next flight. 8,000 air miles. Hotel room compensation if they needed it. Yeah. And a $30 meal ticket if they were staying overnight. Who wants to eat after that? (laughs) I mean, really? Here's your $30 meal ticket for your maggot flight. Who's eating after that? Yuck. <laughs> I thought you might enjoy that one. Oh, God. Anyway, what else is on the podcast? Anthony Albanese. The Prime Minister, uh, we hit him up to see if uh, I could be his wedding celebrant. Mm. He still didn't give us an answer, did he? Mm, well, kind of so like he, he did. He fobbed it off. He did without giving an answer. He gave an answer. You're going to say no? Of course I didn't. Well, you'd be the judge, but. Um, you'll hear coffin therapy on this podcast. Me... We climbed into coffins, yeah. put the lid on, and then did a bit of therapy afterwards. And this was your experience, which I found really enlightening. If you are listening to this Tuesday, the 20th of February, tomorrow morning on the show, on Mix 94.5 from 8, you hear Kimber's coffin therapy as well. Or if you've come here just to hear the podcast because you didn't want to hear it on the way to work this morning because mm. you were worried you would cry, mm-hmm. mine will be on the podcast tomorrow as well. Yay or nay, on the way. Hey, how about I go eat some hay? Um, we we learned, can make things out of clay or lay by the bay, I just may. What do you say? A fun game. Um, we learned some ridiculous things about unhinged exes. Mm. <laughs> They're just, I mean, where do you even start? People are stupid. Just listen to them and see how you go. And we played You're Kidding Me. That was a good round of You're Kidding Me today. Oh, it was, it was a tough one. Very tough one. See how you go. Um, all right, there you go. Have a podcast. See ya. Burr. He's the 31st Prime Minister that won't stay in one spot for too long. And one thing we do know he always packs with him, a bag of chicken twisties. Oh, chicken. It's Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. Great to have you back in the studio, Prime Minister. Great to be here with a bit of blurred as the intro. We know it's one of your favourites. It is, indeed. It's uh, always guaranteed to get people up and dancing, and it's such a happy song. Isn't it? Oh, look out. We've, we've put something in his water. No, okay? I'm only kidding. <laughs> Are you all right? You Went down a, the wrong way. Have a drink. Don't worry. Went have down a drink. the wrong way. Um, but congratulations to you and oh, Jody. Thank you so on much. On your recent yeah, no, engagement. It's very exciting. Uh, we haven't seen much of each other since, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> oh, look. Grab, honestly, <coughs> grab a water. You take your go. time. Um, I, there's nothing worse than losing your voice. Um I'm sure it was a bit of a, like, we're engaged, we're all celebrating, and then I've got business to do. Well, it was, because it uh, was a secret, uh, I managed to keep it pretty tight, and so Jodie was off uh, for work the next night, so we didn't see each other then, and since then I've been in the central coast of New South Wales and Newcastle, and then Nowra, and then here. Are you, so, are you a traditional man? Did you get down on one knee? What, oh, how I, did the proposal go down? I'm not going into that level of detail because I think that uh, a gentleman uh, should uh, not uh, explain all of the detail. What do you that mean? It's meant to be us. on Instagram and someone's meant to film it from the hill. That's Indeed. what you're meant to do. I, I refuse to do that. I know some people do do that. Uh, we did put out a, a a post the next morning on Thursday morning, so it's been a week actually today. Nice. No, tomorrow. Did yeah. you Tomorrow's did you have to tell? Because obviously it's going to you know just blow through news throughout the entire country. You being the prime minister, so did you have to get your team ready 
without no. information or anything? Or did you just do it? You just went, this is my moment. We're I doing just this. I did it. It was about me and Jody, and I did a selfie that uh, my social media dude who's here with us uh, was quite impressed. I got I got good marks for the, the selfie <laughs> that I showed him the next morning when I went into the office and broke the news. Uh, but it was something that was very personal for yeah. me. So I didn't want, you know, people there filming or anything else. So, and, and what if she didn't say yes to? That would have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awkward, oh, to on, say the least. But uh, we did it uh, up on one of the balconies in the lodge yeah. on the first floor. So we went out to dinner at an Italian restaurant and uh, had a quiet dinner. Uh, went back to the lodge and then I got... Jody was doing FebFast, as, as was I in Solidarity, uh, and uh, so I got out a bottle of champers and said, oh, we should, you know, have a drink. I've organised, uh, you know, for us to have a drink on the balcony. Just a bit so, of spumante. So she went passion there. pop. Yeah, a bit, <laughs> bit of Benine Moselle or something. Uh, no, it was a bit better than that. Um, and so popped the question and she said, Yes, and then she was shocked that I'd managed to organise. I think one of the great achievements as Prime Minister I've done is to manage to go off and get an engagement ring and oh, yeah, help course, to design it anyone and knowing. do all that without yeah. anyone knowing. So uh, mm. that was... Uh, Not uh, easy. That was that was pretty good. I'm sure my, uh, my protection detail were wondering why I was going into this place on... <laughs> Multiple occasions. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, of course, you've you've got to start planning a wedding, and there's a lot to plan. Um, well, we've got to be in the same place to have a chat about. <laughs> yeah, first, of course. So. Well, look, can I can I help you with one suggestion? Just one. Uh, well, I've had a few suggestions, so you're, you're welcome to add it to the list. Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, did you know our Kimber here is a marriage celebrant? Ah, I did. I am. I am. I could marry you. I didn't. I you could, could marry you and Jody. Yeah. And she'll do it for free. For free. I'm she'll a do legitimate it for free. Well, that's a bargain. You can't get better than that. <laughs> right? That's a, that's a great deal. So you don't have to pay for it. The taxpayer doesn't have to pay for it. Well, the Kimber taxpayer won't be paying for anything. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> I'd happily marry you both. There you go. I'll, I'll add that. I'll make a note of that. I'll even travel. <laughs> Even travel well, wherever you are. It, uh, there are there are some people suggesting we should, uh, yeah, just duck off and uh, do it and come back and say it's done. But I reckon I love weddings. Yeah, yeah. I love weddings. I've been bagged for going for weddings recently, <laughs> uh, but uh, they're just a great celebration of love between two people yeah. in front of family and friends. And the people uh, you love. It's terrific. Exactly. Nice. Now, what are you doing here? What what are you what are you in town for? Well, I've been doing a fair bit. We had uh, a meeting on on Sunday. I met all these retail workers in the in the heat at Hyde Park. Were you in uh, that suit? Talking, no, I certainly wasn't. I was in a, a, a little uh, uh, t shirt t shirt and trousers there. There's a water park uh, there. You could have gotten there, around. There is your a water. Body. It looks like a pretty cool water park. Yeah. I've got to say, but my son's twenty three and. I regret the fact that water parks have got much better since he got <laughs> beyond that age. They look like great fun. And uh, uh, the the one there looks fantastic. But I was meeting retail workers talking about our tax cuts and how 
they will benefit from them because a whole lot of retail workers, of course, earn under $45,000 a year and they would have got nothing. So we did that yesterday. I was at a TAFE at Thornley talking about our fee-free TAFE and then we had a full cabinet meeting uh, yesterday. And last night I went to a Lunar New Year event at, at Crown uh, for Chinese New Year. Uh, Sam Lim, who's a fantastic guy, uh, the member for Tangney, Speaks 10 languages, former police wow. officer of the year here in WA and former dolphin trainer, believe it or not. Uh, he, Wait, he, hang on a sec. These we, things, okay, yeah. I don't know how they fit together, but that's Sam Lim. Speaks 10 languages. He's an ex- Including dolphin. In, 11 if you count dolphin. Right, okay. I've sure. had dolphin trainer on my, re- on my resume for years. No, I bet you have. no one questions it. And yeah. so he, he says, oh, we're going to have, uh, would you, can you come to a, a dinner for Chinese New Year, and I thought, oh, yeah, that I'll be in that. That'll be 100 people. 950 <laughs> people later Whoa. of Sam's closest friend uh, <laughs> there in the big, uh, the big ballroom there at Crown, but it was a fantastic night. It was, uh, it was a great joy, and today we've got an announcement uh, with the Premier about uh, social and affordable housing being built here in Perth, the beginning, uh, a big uh, development, 200 uh, homes for people here in Perth as part of our increasing housing supply and increasing, importantly, social housing supply. Well, we certainly need it, don't we? We need it. In fact, like we know that time is, you know, ticking. You don't have a lot of time because you've got so many meetings to do. So we've packaged a few things together that we thought you'd play a little pop quiz with us. Okay, we here we will. go. Now the we've... last time we talked about twisties, we've got that covered. <laughs> we've got that covered. We think these are great ideas to help with the Australian living crisis. Um, we just need you to say yes or no to whether you agree that they are great ideas. They're okay. not necessarily not your necessarily policies. ones we're going to do. They're not your policies. We're not locking you that, in. We're just saying... That's good because Jim Chalmers is in town and I don't want to get in trouble off the treasurer for committing spending without no. going through proper processes. No, so. no. Yes, yes or no to whether you think they're great ideas. Idea number one, putting a freeze on international interstate investors purchasing investment homes. Interstate investors. Interstate and international investors purchasing investment homes. Is it a great idea, putting a freeze on it? Well, I reckon putting a freeze on people from the other parts of Australia in WA is a bit rough. Oh, really? So is it a yes or a no? That's a no. No. It's a no. Okay. 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 All right. Here we go. Okay. Well, here's here's another great idea. Yep. A government-run supermarket that has fair fixed prices on grocery staples. Oh, yes. That's a good idea. Okay. There we go. It's a great idea. Now, the last time we spoke about this, we even floated it being called Albos. So, (laughs) um, mate, I'm happy to run it. Well, what could go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out, I guess, Okay. Our final great idea... Installing a giant shade sail between Australia and the sun. Oh, great idea. Yeah, man, because we feel that right great now. Idea. It's really intense. If, if you had solar on the, on, the, um, on the shade sail. The shade sail, because that could then power the country. I like where it's going. That's um, vision. One final That's thing. vision, that is. One final like thing, because going. I felt like you, you got away with this without actually answering the question. Kimber is the celebrant to your wedding, <laughs> yes or no? Oh, look, oh, I'll, I'll take it on notice. As they say at question time. That is the lowest commitment from a politician we've ever had. <laughs> Prime Minister I, I have to. Albanese. I have to consult. 
I'm just one half of this couple. And uh, if you'd met Jodie, you know, she's she's someone of big ideas and very determined. And, and uh, she was catching up with uh, some of her mates over the weekend. So probably it's all organised and I just don't know about it yet. <laughs> Promise, You're only one uh, half. <laughs> great to have you over here. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for joining us today. Fantastic. Thanks for having us in the studio again. Pete and Kimber's Coffin Therapy. Uh, my mum sent me a text. She doesn't want to hear it, probably. Yeah, a bit, a bit of doesn't want to hear it, but also she said my tissue box is ready. Yeah, so coffin therapy, we wanted to explore this because we had heard that people are doing it all around the world where they climb into a coffin, they have the lid closed, they spend some time on their own to reflect on their lives, and then when you come out of the coffin, a therapist asks you a series of questions. The idea being that it helps you find value in your life, gratitude, um, and maybe just gives you a moment to sort of place yourself and see how you want to continue your life. Mm. It is confronting, but that's the reason why we've done it. We wanted to see how this would go, how it would affect us. Um, first up, it's my turn to get into the coffin, and I just want to say thanks to Seasons Funerals for bringing the coffin in. Yes. Seasons.com.au if you want to try it yourself. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they do home deliveries, but they did They did bring it into the studio for us to experience this. Mm. We start here by the coffin just having been brought into the studio and you and I are standing outside the coffin looking at it. We've seen it for the first time and I'm just about to step in. Um, look, I'm... Mate, in all honesty, at this particular point in time, I'm feeling quite comfortable. I'm feeling okay. Um, the coffin's a lot less... Uh, confronting. Like, confronting, yeah. Like, dramatic. Um, oh, my God. It doesn't like, feel as coffiny as you expected. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It doesn't okay. feel as coffiny. Well, shoes are off. Ready um, to go in. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. That feels a bit weird. Really? Just standing in it already? Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to lie. That actually feels... That actually feels a little bit weird. I think you should sit down in it. You need to lay down in it, really. And then we'll have a moment and then we'll put the lid on. This all of a sudden became very confronting. Okay. Okay, laying down. Oh. Okay, your body's shaking. You all right? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. No, I'm actually What's not. Um, I can see every funeral and every open casket I've ever seen. Well, we're going to just give you a moment, just take a beat, and then we're going to put the lid on. Okay, so we'll bring the lid closer to the coffin. You ready? Yep. Okay, we're going to do this and we're going to leave you alone for five minutes. Okay. See you soon. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. It is dark and it's tight. I am, um, I'm struggling. I've been in here probably 30 seconds and I'm struggling. This is really confronting and this is very real. This is it. This is, 
This is the end of my life in this tiny box. So that's part one. I got goosebumps. Um, I didn't I, realize that was the experience you had. I'm hearing this for the first time. Yeah, because I haven't heard your experience either, and that plays out tomorrow. I um, couldn't get over how quickly my entire perspective started to shift, and yeah, how right. real it how real it became once I got in there and the lid went on. That's really interesting. This next part you're about to hear is where the lid comes off, and the therapist is there ready to ask those questions. Mm. This is, this is amazing. I'm interested to get your perspective afterwards, right? Because we've still got a bit of audio at the top here of me being in the casket for a little bit mm-hmm. and just how that starts to feel like the world is starting to collapse. Take a listen. It's just so small. God, I hope the time goes quick. I can't move my hands around. I can't stretch anything out. After this experience, I actually think I want to be cremated. I've always just wanted to either be buried in a casket, coffin, or entombed, or like something. I don't know, just something where my body is still together. Um, But I don't, even though I'll be dead, I don't want this experience. How long was that? Five, five. That was five minutes. Five minutes. That felt like an eternity. I can't. I, oh, we're doing the questions with me still in here. I thought I was going to get out. Right. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah, I think so. Okay. What are you most proud of in your life, Pete? That I had a family. You know, when I was in here and thinking about things. All I could picture was that I was at my funeral and I was in here and the only people that I could see were my family, but in particular my wife and my kids. Those are the only people that I could see. Initially, I saw them all crying and in like black outfits and it being quite sombre and then that changed pretty quickly and I hoped to Christ that they were just having a party and everybody was having a really good time. I think that tells me that the thing that I'm most proud of in my life is is that I've had a family and I've managed to make a family. Is there a grudge that you'd wished you'd let go? No. No. I didn't think about anybody that um, had wronged me over the course of my life whatsoever. You know what's so profound about this experience is that it doesn't matter. Like, I know over the years I've had grudges. Coming back around to that thought about what I'm most proud of is that if my family... Oh, gee, sorry, this this thought just keeps on going because I have thought occasionally who would be at my funeral and you picture a massive congregation. Like, even people that I've, I've had, like, back and forth with in the past or may have held grudges against, maybe we've buried the hatchet there. I, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I just don't care. 
Like once you're in this thing and you're down and you're, you're six feet under and you, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. And what do you think people remember you by? Just being a good person. Like that. That's it. Like I just. I hope. I hope I was a great father and a great um, husband. That's that's. If I can tick that. If I can tick that box, I'll be happy. Hmm. You okay? That was. That was your coffin therapy. There are a few more questions that were asked. You all right? You know, I just, um, I, I could not get over. And I think, I think this is what, and just listening back to that, this is what was probably um, the most amazing part of that experience is that every single day, and I'm guilty of it. I know a lot of people are guilty of it. I think we all are guilty of it. Every single day I am guilty of thinking about things um, and stressing over things and worrying about, you know, what people think and, you know, even reflecting on things that have happened in the life that I wish hadn't or I wish had or so on and so forth. And that experience was just such a profound way of saying to me, it doesn't matter. Hmm. Like once you get to that point and you're gone and you're dust, it, it just none of that, the stresses or anything like that mattered. And the only thing that really mattered to me was just the most important people in my life and how they felt about how I lived. You know, I really, I really enjoyed hearing that because it was actually really enlightening. I felt, I know you're a family man. I know that's where your priorities lie. They always have. But I think it was just... I found that really refreshing to feel, to hear how, you know, that you didn't have those things bearing you down. And I think I think about that with people that I've lost and loved and thought, oh, I hope that they weren't, weren't burdened by anything. And I understand that feeling. And I actually felt really enlightened by your experience. Can I read you some unhinged exes stories that I found on The Wires this morning, please? Yes. Uh, this sort of dived into, it's from a BuzzFeed article that I, as well as doom scrolling. Um, oh, this is nuts. So this is, this is people telling stories about ex-partners that just blow your mind that anybody's ever liked this. And they that's go the reason doing strange things. The reason why they're an ex. Yep. Okay. Here, I'll, I'll start nice and easy for you. Okay. okay nice and very, very light. I had a boyfriend who used to pretend that he had cancer pretty regularly to see how I'd react. What? No. I'll get a little heavier. Oh, that wasn't? My ex, who shall not be named, brought a girl back from the bar on my birthday and forgot I was asleep in his bed. No! I had an ex that was dating me and my sister at the same time. Me and my sister were both dating someone, but we didn't really talk about it. When we found out, he just casually suggested a threesome. <laughs> oh. That is, is, is my favourite. About a week into dating, he kept leaving me creepy things in my inbox, telling me that he wanted to possess any sicknesses I had in his own body because it would be a privilege to carry something in his blood that was once in mine. 
Um, <laughs> oh mate, my god! There's more red flags there than a bull riding comp. Oh my god! Wow. Do you know what though? I that is nothing on what happened to my friend. What happened to your friend? Oh, this is a corker. So my friend was married to a woman. And um, they split up, but he remained good friends with her. So they're still mates on Facebook and stuff. Okay. So sometime later, she started dating a new guy and she hadn't been with him all that long. And then the new guy tagged him and the, the girlfriend in some photos together. So it came up on Facebook. And so my friend, who used to be married to her, saw the pics. Okay. And was like, oh, they're nice couple pics of her with her new boyfriend. Hang on. That's my jacket. Hang on a second. What? Turns out the new boyfriend had gone through photos of her with her ex-husband, with my friend, and had put his face into all of the photos. So it wasn't just my friend's jacket. That was actually my friend at an event, like at a wedding with her and at different events, and he'd gone through and just replaced the head with his own head. What an absolute sicko. (laughs) What a sicko. Like, that's a real thing. That person is getting around in this city. <laughs> that's gross. Probably even grosser that someone might be dating that person right now. Yuck. Oh, amazing. Um, unhinged exes. All right, now, if you've got a story about an ex that's an ex for a reason, you've just heard some of those stories and thought to yourself, oh, yeah, I've got an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend who could top that. <laughs> Or even match it. I mean, they're pretty hectic Cutting stories. Cutting out photos and putting your own head in them. It's Jeez. weird, mate. Tell us the crazy stories about your exes. The reason why they are an ex. Matthew in Byford, what, tell us about your unhinged ex. Um, well, I had an ex who um, we were together for about six months and then told me that their... Uh, long-distance relationship partner was coming to stay with them. Um, and then I said that that wasn't okay and that uh, they needed to pick between me and them. And their way of telling me that they picked them was posting a photo of them on Instagram and saying how incredible of a boyfriend they were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, mate. Was, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry wow. to deal with something like that. That's... <sighs> People just have no thought at all about how that's going to affect a person. Jason in Aluka, good morning to you, mate. Unhinged exes, what's your story? Uh, I had an ex and she lied about cancer to get money out of me, claiming she needed it for medical expenses. Also, she lied about her name and when I found out her real name, she just Disappeared after I confronted her. She moved out one day when I was at work. Wait, you were living together and you didn't even she you didn't know she was using a fake name the whole time you'd been together. No, it wasn't until I saw one of her bags after she apparently went to visit family that her luggage bag had a different name to the name she told me. Oh, How long Jason. were you dating? Uh, it was about six months. Wow. How much how much money do you reckon you were out? Uh, gave her about 10 grand, plus yeah. she was living with me for free. Oh, so, Jason. And oh. I was paying for food and everything for her. And have you ever tried tracking her down since? Or she just completely disappeared? Uh, well, she's disappeared, but I found her on social media, and turns out she's actually got a rather big following under her real name. Wow. 
Honestly, and the the conscience behind people who fake having serious illness. Yeah. Well, what conscience? I mean, oh, really. Oh, man. What that does to people. Awful. Um, Brittany in Madalee, tell us about your ex from a decade ago as we talk about <laughs> unhinged exes this morning. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, my ex was unhinged in kind of a different way, just truly loving. Um, at our six-month anniversary, apparently that's a thing, he gave me a cloth-bound photo album. And it was actually bound in a pair of my jeans. <laughs> um, he cut them up and used it to like cover the outside of the book. And inside it had literally everything from every date we've ever been on in that six months, from toothpicks and serviettes to a sock from God knows when. Wow. To ticket stubs, everything. Like... In, in little diary entries of like how he felt about that date and stuff, and he just thought it was so special, and that was our that was my gift. <laughs> okay, um, I mean, I get that people keep a memory box, but yikes! Brittany. Toothpicks and serviettes—it's <laughs> intense, so... and I still have it to this day because I'm a bit of a hoarder. Oh my god, <laughs> Brittany! Pete and Kimbers, yay or nay? Hello, Rame. Hello. Hi. How are we? We're great. No small, no small talk, mate. Not since yesterday's. Oh. Yeah, or no, we move on from small talk. I didn't mean that. I meant that on a Monday. It's okay during the week, though. Anyway, three topics, three seconds to give me your answer. Are we ready? Yeah. Full moons are a thing. Three, two, one. Yay. So you guys both believe that people's moods change during mate, the full moon? Spend six minutes working in customer service at mm. any point in your life and you will believe the full moon is a thing. Do you remember we put this out to our mix fam a little while ago and mm-hmm. said, do you notice a change in the full moon? And a lot of overnighters like uh, nurses and doctors, staff and so on and so forth reckon that they see even weirder stuff happen in their emergency rooms during a full moon. Yep. There stuff happens. Pete gets hairy in the full moon as well. <laughs> Turns into a werewolf. <laughs> Second one. Uh, tall people should stand back at public events. Three, two, one. <laughs> I Nay. Mean, oh, Nay. A bit yay. A bit yay. Not if you're in a structured seat. Like if you're in a reserved seat, you bought tickets, you deserve it. Okay. But if you're like, you know, at a wedding or you're in an event and you're intentionally standing Towards the front, when you know people can't see around you. Yeah, not a cool move. Come on, guys. Just, oh, no. just chill out at the back a bit. Did you guys see the Collingwood player, Mason Cox? He, yes. Um, he was standing at the very... Well, in the GA standing section at the Taylor Swift concert over the weekend. Aww. And there's a photo of him just standing out, just standing there, and there's a guy behind him that can't see anything. Aww. So Mason is now trying to find this guy to give him free footy tickets. Well, that's kind. I mean, in that circumstance, you can't really help it, right? You're in your standing section of a concert. It is what it is. Seven foot tall. He's he too paid tall. his money like everybody else. Yep, Luck yep. of the draw, unfortunately. Yeah. And final one, using your finger to wipe your butthole. Three, two, one. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? You heard me. Why your finger? Yeah, I yeah, know. Not just your hand? Yeah, I yeah, know. Yay. Which finger? Any finger. What do you, hang on. Wait, hang on. Did you just say yay? She yeah, said yay. To, a finger to wipe your butthole. Yeah, but not no, just, no, no. Not in, the just shower. in life. Not just right now. He's saying in the shower. Oh, he just sorry. Left that I just realised that I said you to wipe your butthole. Sh- you I didn't meant, say in the shower. I meant in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not just sitting here in the office doing... <laughs> I'm legit sitting here thinking, you, know you mean, like you've just been to the toilet, you've done your business, and you get your finger and... 
No. There you go. I How overheard. I overheard producer Rami chatting about this in the office with people yesterday, and they were saying that someone was like they used their loofah. And I was Play like, the audio. I'm not using it's my loofah. Inspired unemployed podcast. Listen to this. My mates wash their wash their bumhole with their hand in the shower. What? Is <laughs> that psycho or what? What do you wash it with? I eat with my hands. I don't want to be touching much. You wash your hands though. They use their loofah or something, and I'm like, I'm not using my loofah on the rest of my body. And there, of course, you use your hand. The loofah's wrong. I don't, I don't see what the problem is using your hand to to get into your butt crack yeah. to give it a good old. Yeah. You it's know? just yeah. that when Rami says it's your finger and you're in the <laughs> office. <laughs> Love this game. Wow. Oh, um, oh, yes, sorry, of course. You've not mentioned that producer Kerrod's here. He's here. Here he is. Good morning. I, I feel as though it's my cue to wait. I have to wait for that song to come in before I actually say anything. Yeah. I just wonder how long you would wait until you did say something. Well, I might test that theory over the next few weeks. <laughs> please don't. It's an awkward entrance into every nightclub he goes into. Uh, please don't do that. Are uh, you kidding me? Thank you very much, Pete and Kimber, for joining me. Uh, it is a game where I've made up a montage of three different years. Now, each of those montages are made up of a song, a movie, and a moment. For that year, it is Pete and Kimber's job to try and guess what the year was that it happened. Closest to the pin, best of three. Kimber currently leads Pete five to three, so... It's close, and we Just still have a long way to go this Just year. Just let you get ahead nice and early in the piece, False sense of security. Right. Let's right. hit it with the first one. No one is paying attention because the banks are too busy getting paid obscene fees to sell these bonds. We should talk about the fact that there are now four of you here on this sofa because Zayn Malik has left the band. Oh, yeah. wow. That could be any time in the last oh. 20 years, maybe. Mate, that was a tough one. Oh. I don't oh, actually stitches. know. One Direction. I don't actually know. Okay, Kimba has given me an answer. I haven't got much to base this on, that, if that, I'm honest. That middle uh, grab was from the movie The Big Short. Yeah, The Big Short. Okay. Yeah, I also picked the wrong movie, okay. so I think I might be way off. <laughs> what did you what, go with? What movie did you think? I it was, was thinking it was that banking movie that I never thought I would enjoy, but was great. The you know, big the one short. where they talked. I don't think it was called that, was it? Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. I thought Big Short was one with Steve Carell. <laughs> was it? I think it was. Steve Carell was <laughs> in it. Yeah, I think but I was talking it, about yeah. there was like a proper banking movie where they talked about how the the how America basically crashed the world. Yeah, that was the Big Short. Ah. <laughs> Oops. I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm, is, Steve, so uh, uh, is Steve Carell in it? Anyway, anyway, let's move on. Kimber has given me a year. What, year, what, did, what year did you go, Pete? 2016. Oh, God, I went 2007. Yeah. Well, the big short is based off the global financial crisis, which happened in 2008. So, so it had to be down the track. It had to be after 2008. This was looking back. One okay, Direction. Yeah. I, was, I was in Brisbane when One Direction came to Australia and they were still All together. Right. This is in going like way too long. Kerrod knows the answer. It, it, it was 2015. So Thank you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the second one. Oh, for Christ's sake. Join the adventure. As Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies. 
Okay, we're definitely going back. Because the thing is, what's her name? Kate Bush. Thank you. Kate Bush, that song, <laughs> Stranger Things brought that back in like the last decade. Yes, yes. There was also the Queen biopic, which that could have been from, which was like the last decade. No, that was definitely Freddie at Wembley. It's himself. Okay. Nah, that was not, that was not Rami Malek. He wasn't that good. Kimber's giving me an answer. Peter, <laughs> focus. I, I don't know. Focus. I'm basing this on the fact that my dear friend Cato told me her mum named her after Kate Bush, and so I've had to pick a year that I think at least includes her birthday in it. But I don't oh, know. I feel like I'm trying an answer around here. 1987. Ooh. I went 80. Ooh. Well, you're doing math. Nice and quick today. It's a clean sweep for Pete. 2-0. Let's oh, go. 1985. Hit the music. Don't stop so dramatic. <laughs> I love you, Mum. Hang on. I don't have winner music. What's my track when I win? I'll work on that. Doesn't matter because you didn't win. Good job, bud. Don't stop Thanks, Karen. Scratch up your share of $9 million with Monopoly Scratch and Win. It's back at your nearest Lottery West retailer. Play responsibly. 1-800-858-858.